in today's show. We're looking back at Wednesday's action in the NBA. Some pretty interesting performances and interesting results. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We're here to talk about Wednesday's action. Just a quick shout out though. Go check out Locked On Bulls. They had Zach Levine on. So you can go here directly from Zach Levine over on the Locked On Bulls podcast. Go and check it out. It's a great show. We're going to talk news. We'll get into that right away. Then we'll do the recaps of the eight games as well. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Some injury news that we've got to talk about. Um, Let's start with Clay Thompson. Looks like he's going to be back tomorrow from his illness, so that's good news. Norman Powell. Posted an Instagram story. Yes, I'm seeing people talk about players' Instagram stories, but need to talk about it. Norman Powell said that his return was loading. He's got a broken bone in his foot. Does it mean he's coming back soon? I just I didn't expect him to be back in the regular season. We just we just need to keep an eye on that. Now I didn't go and look at Norman Powell's Instagram story. I don't give a shit about his Instagram story. But I saw a Clippers reporter tweet about it and say, hmm, maybe he's coming back sooner than we thought, which was interesting. I don't know if he's uh, basing that just off the Instagram story or if there's something else behind that. It's just something to keep in mind. I wouldn't go and grab Norm Powell if he's on the wire because of this, but I'd just keep it in mind. In a reverse set of news, in terms of, you know, shit news, Ben Simmons might not play in March. Apparently he's weeks away. I don't think you can hold on to him. Like, if that's the way the reporting is going and this back injury and we're heading into playoffs, I don't think you can hold him. That's just, that's, it's not good. It's frustrating, for sure. But it's, it's, for us, for fantasy, it's just, we can't do it. We can't hold on. It seems like it's good news for Jalen Brown. He will miss tomorrow, which is, it's great. It's great that it's good news. It's not good that he's missing tomorrow. But if it's just tomorrow that he misses, then that is a really positive sign after what looked like a pretty bad ankle injury. Now, of course, you know, coaches and teams, they talk in all these weird sort of things like, oh, well, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe you avoided injury. We don't know exactly. All we know is that he was ruled out of tomorrow's game a day in advance. Not bad might mean two weeks. It might mean three weeks. But what it does mean is we're not looking at, hey, here's a grade three, you're out 12 weeks straight off, right? That, that's not what's happened, which is, that's the good news. We don't, we, we assume that's not the case. We would have heard, I would, I'd thought about that. So we hold on to Jalen Brown. We keep rolling with Derek White until we see um, what happens when Brown comes back and White's minutes go back to 20. But at this point, we've got Brown out for next game. And then hopefully the thought is that it's not going to be too much longer after that. So that's a positive. We also had an update, which was sort of an update, but not really an update, but enough of an update for us on Zion Williamson and his foot. Uh, Did it really tell us much? 
don't know. I don't know how you want to like couch that. Basically, what it is is the end result of the update on Zion is you, you don't you drop him and he's not playing at least in this fantasy season and probably not in this regular season. Maybe you know even if the the pals make the play in, probably not. But it said he underwent another round of imaging that showed improved healing and he will gradually progress to weight bearing exercises and activities and remains out indefinitely. All right. Whoop. Six weeks here. Five weeks, is it? Six weeks to go? Are we actually going to get you back in time to make any impact in fantasy? And the answer to that, with 99.5% certainty, that's what yeah, how I'm viewing it, that he's not. So yeah, don't bank on Zion coming back. I just, I don't think that's going to happen this season. And if he did, it'll be in a really, really marginal role, would have to be the assumption and yeah, not going to have really an impact on fantasy leagues. But let's talk about players who are currently playing who will have an impact on fantasy leagues. And let's start with the first game of the day. The Indiana Pacers and the Orlando Magic. Just a masterful tank job for the Magic who are up big in this game, yet somehow lose it 122-114 in overtime. Pretty staggering to see Malcolm Brogdon play 41 minutes. The numbers are great. 31, 11, and 8, two steals and a block with three triples. Now, the obvious thing of that is sell high. But is literally anybody going to fall for that? Maybe. Maybe they do. It's a great game. People love recency. They love what just happened. But holy shit, it's got to be tough to try and sell Brogdon after this. This is a great game. There is no denying that. But I just I don't know if you're going to be able to sell on it. Jalen Smith played 37 minutes. 15 and 15 with a triple one. Uh, he's pretty close to a must-roster 12-team league player at the moment. I think you've got to grab him, to be honest. I would ha- If I had O'Shea Brissett, who's not a good category league player, despite the minutes, he's ranked outside the top 220 over the last two weeks. That's over 30 minutes a game. Whereas Smith is, at the time of me recording this, 69th. Giggity! I would swap Smith for Brissett. Brissett just has so many shooting issues. Another bad shooting night for him today. Six points on seven shots. He did have a triple one also, but I would much prefer Smith to Brissett. Now, Smith did get extra minutes in this game with Isaiah Jackson. Guess what? In foul trouble again. Goga played two minutes, three minutes actually. Um, and Smith got those minutes. But Smith, I think, is worth the ad. Halliburton had 21, three and six, three steals, two blocks, filling it up right across the board. Well, Jackson played 23 minutes because he had, again, two fouls in about the first three minutes. Ended with 16 and 7, a perfect 8 of 8 from the field, stealing a block. He is, again, I believe, a must-roster player. There's going to be frustrations. There's going to be foul trouble a lot. But I think he's a 12-team league guy. Him and Smith, 12-teamers. Budrick Heald didn't shoot well, 17 points on 35%. But he hit four threes, he had six boards, he had two steals, and continues to be a really, really improved player in Indiana versus where he was in Sacramento. Much, much changed. Uh, Duarte was out of this game, of course. For the Magic... Is he back? One, two, three, four, five. It appears that way. 34 minutes for Mo Bamba, 19 and 12, a steal, a block, 89% shooting. This is high-end production, but we'd seen him be marginalized, like played 21, 22 minutes a night. And now he's back getting over 30 and really killing Chuma Akiki, who played 19 minutes. Now, Akiki still had three assists and three steals and a block. That still has use, but shot two of 10. If I did have Chuma Akiki on my roster which I think I do, I would still hold. But it is trending in a pretty quick way uh, downwards with Bamba getting those minutes back. That's going to be the decision between Bamba and Akiki really here. 
Wendell played 41 minutes. He had 13 and 18 with five assists. And Franz Wagner, good performance from Franz. 28 and 6 with four triples and two steals. Good to get a big game under his belt. Markel Fultz, only 15 minutes in an overtime game. He still had 11 points. He had a steal and a block. But much like his return game, absolutely unrealistic shooting, 83%. Again, if he goes three of six from the field, it's five, and five three, and two with a steal and a block. And that is not worth holding on to, I don't think. I'd rather leave him on the wire, get someone else into that spot, stream through players. So I just don't think he's going to be able to sniff into 12-team league value this season. 11 points only for Cole Anthony as well. He's doing the opposite Fultz, 31% shooting. Four assists and two steals. He's a hold, he's a hold but it's going, it's going backwards. And Jalen Suggs also had some bad shooting. 40% from the field and 50 from the line. 14, 4, and 5. I would still hold Jalen Suggs. I would have Suggs and Anthony both pretty clearly over Fultz. Gary, Gary Harris played only 10 minutes. So he's the guy that's losing out here. They brought Hampton back into the rotation. Um, so he's him and Terrence Ross are losing minutes, rightfully so, with Markel Fultz returning to the court in uh, yeah, his return from the ACL injury. Football's over, but basketball is full steam ahead. College and pro, and BetOnline is the place to be. For all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC as well. So head to the website too. Head to the website, actually. And use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. And BetOnline is where the game starts. Game two. Hornets, they just smacked the Cavs. The Cavs are struggling a little bit here. 119-98, Charlotte wins. Terry Rozier is on fire at the moment, really doing some great stuff. 33 minutes, 29 points, 7 assists, 2 steals and a block. Efficiency is great. His assist numbers are through the roof. He's top 30 over the last two weeks. He's been awesome. Really, really good. Miles Bridges wasn't quite as good, but 15, 7, and 6 and a triple one is great. And it was a good Kelly Oubre game. 19 points, 27 minutes, 5 triples. Again, still that fringe 12 team, but probably should be on a roster. Isaiah Thomas made his debut for Charlotte, played 14 minutes, had 10 points, took 11 shots in 14 minutes, and the usage on that, I'm just going to look at what that calculates too. Yeah, too fucking high. 42% Isaiah. Calm down. Calm down. Don't add him, please, please. 12, 14, 16. I wouldn't bother with Isaiah Thomas at all. Lamelo Ball played eight minutes. And that is not me misspeaking. That is not a typo. He played eight minutes. He had two points and missed all three of his shots. He didn't grab a single rebound. He did have four assists and two steals, but played eight minutes. Why? He had four fouls. That's not just the entire reason. He got those fouls early and just sat down. And Borrego has done this multiple times. If Mallow gets into foul trouble, Borrego basically just looks at him and just goes, Oh, fuck off. Hey, fuck off. He goes, we'll just use somebody else. Don't worry about it. You're pissing me off. I'm not going to use you. That's happened multiple times. It's not an indication of what happens next game. It's not an indication of what happens in a month. It just happens in a game, and, and it's it's annoying, but that's just what Borrego does. Borrego has also figured out, you know what? Montrez Harrell might not be that good. 17 minutes, 11 and 9 for Harrell. He comes in, and they go, man, Montrez Harrell, look at how energetic he is. Look at these numbers. We're going to play him a lot. And then you just see that spike up, and then you just see everything trickle back, back down because he just gives up so much. He gives up so much. It's not quite a drop, but... Over the last two weeks, 
In 28 minutes a night, he's ranked 173rd. He's the 131st ranked player this season in a 10-team league. Jack? Get that garbage out of here! And to be honest, if you drop him in at 12, you're not actually missing out on much. So if you want to, go right ahead. We had 33 Cody Martin minutes. That's largely because of Lamello. Eight points with two steals there. And Plumlee had 28 minutes. Again, the Mason Plumlee minutes matrix continues to confound. 28 minutes, seven points, eight rebounds. Very hard to judge what he's going to do on a game-by-game -game basis. PJ had 12 points in 28. For the Cavs, Garland returned, played 33 minutes, and had 33 points on 59%. That is really good. Four assists and five threes. I do worry that he is going to miss some time. I wouldn't look at this as a sell high. I just would be rolling along and hope there's not much missed time going on here. 18 and 11 for Jarrett Allen, while Mobley struggled his way to 9 and 5. And Larry Markkinen played 31 minutes, 12 points, but another rough shooting night, 30% shooting. He did have two steals and two threes. To me, he's just like a fringe 12-team league player. And Kevin Love, who went dud, dud, explosion, went back to dud again. Seven points in 18 minutes. And when Karis LeVert returns, which could be the next couple of games, where does Love fit? I don't think he's a must-hold. Isaac Okoro continues to be, honestly, one of the worst offensive players in the NBA and one of the worst fantasy players in the NBA. Four points in 28 minutes, and even he didn't defend that well today. Um, he's not looking great. I don't think he's ever going to be a 12-team league player or probably even a 14-team league guy. Really, really not good stuff. Well, if you added Brandon Goodwin, jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! Zero points in 11 minutes. Missed one shot. Garland's back. Just stream him in if Garlo um, has to sit out again. That is the simple equation there. Knicks in the six, a six a smash, 123-108. Rowan Barrett, another big game, 30 points. Now, his efficiency is going to be an issue, but I like the volume. 43% shooting on 23 shots. He had seven assists. Part of the reason his fantasy numbers never look great is the lack of steals and blocks, the poor field goals and poor free throws. He's 111th over the last two weeks. That includes like a 40-point performance and this big game. But that's just, he just doesn't fit the total category game. But he still should be on a roster. The double royal, Julius Randle. Solid stuff, 24 and 6. Good numbers, bit rough in the field, but solid all around. And this is the second good game from Emmanuel quickly in a row. Only 11 points, but did it on 57%, had a steal and two assists. He's not 12 team yet, although over his last four games, he's ranked 79th. He's probably more of a 14 team ad. Not the worst game from Alec Burks, and that's probably the best compliment I can give him. Alec Berg. 9.7 rebounds, 4 assists, and a triple one. Of course, he urinated on us. 18% shooting. That's shocking. He's just like that all the time. He's fine for 12s. He's also not a must. If you want to move on, who cares? Mitchie Robinson got into some foul trouble. That's what happens when you play against Embiid. So did Jericho Sims, who had two points in 13 minutes, while Fournier, who'd been playing really well, just stunk it up. The disease scrotum had three points on 13%. He had zero rebounds and zero assists somehow. Had two steals, but he'd been playing really well prior to this. Um, hold. But in a shallower, streaming probably gives you more. On the sixes, Embiid had 27 and 12, four assists and two blocks. Huge. Jim Harden, 26, 9, and 9. Also huge. And Tyrese Maxey did it again. 25 points, four threes. But again, let's look at what this game, uh, what this line entails for Maxey. It's, it's awesome. He is the number three option. I feel okay about saying that in terms of where the usage sits. He is that, and I think he's the number three guy. But that's three games with absolutely ridiculously high field goal percentage. 58% here. 
And that, when you don't get steals and blocks and you have lowish rebounds and assists, if that drops to average or below average, then the numbers fall away quite a bit. It's a great sell-high opportunity because people won't always look at what's fueling it. They'll just go, well, he's great. He's the guy. He's, he's on a real hot streak. And that's true, but hot streaks have to end. So this is a sell-high opportunity. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. He's definitely getting marginalized. 14 and 7 here, but two blocks and two threes. We're still holding. Maybe a buy low, but I'm not sure. Uh, Thibel had three blocks and two threes, so one of his better games there, hitting those two threes. And we know exactly what he does. Furkan Korkmaz basically out of the rotation. Sheikh Milton got some extra minutes there, six points in 20. And uh, Paul Millsap continues to look horrible as the backup center. I don't think DeAndre Jordan's any better, but Paul Millsap continues to look horrible. They just need to give the minutes to Goldfinger. Charlie Bassey, I just want to see, I want to see him out there. I think he's very, very interesting as a player. I think he'd fit really well with Jim Harden. But alas, Doc Rivers doesn't seem to want to do that. Maybe Doc Rivers needs a lesson in the way to maximize your value. And that's by going to Rock Auto. You wouldn't want to go to a local chain auto parts store. That sounds like a miserable experience. You go there, you got to drive there, and your car's maybe busted. Maybe that's why you got to go in the first place. That seems absolutely inefficient. You go there, you line up, you talk to the bloke behind the counter, and he says, fine, I'll give you the part. Let me just steal your money. You go, my guy, why are you so brazen? I could be here at home browsing rockauto.com in my underwear and getting all these parts at a cheaper price. Why would I pay 30, 50, 100% more for these same parts when I could be doing it at the comfort of my own abode? So whether it's brake parts or tail lamps or motor oil or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything you would need for an online business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. So head to rockauto.com and in their How Did You Hear About Us box, write Locked On so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The next game. Those kings, those sneaky kings trying to get that play in. They lost by 30 to the Pelicans. Not the Pelicans. I don't know why I said it that way. The Pelicans. Pelicans. 125-95. DeMontis Sabonis, weirdly inefficient. 15 points on 16 shots, but he had 14 boards and 7 assists. He's been pretty solid most of the time in Sacramento. The Pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 19 points with four rebounds and sort of, again, settling in there. And it was a good game, again, from the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo. 30 fantasy points, 25 minutes. It's the four steals that gets in there, though. The four assists are handy. Seven, five, and four with four steals. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. He's a steal streamer. But there's just too many of these blokes around that are going to impact him. Like Justin Holiday, who played 24 minutes, had five points in a triple one. Like Davion Mitchell, who had four points on 22% shooting in 23 minutes. And... Just in case you're wondering, Davion Mitchell. Get that garbage out of here! And then Jeremy Lamb had 12 points in 26 minutes. All of these guys are looking... Actually, I was going to say they're looking like 14 team league guys. Davion Mitchell's the 266th ranked player and 309th over the last two weeks. So in 14 team leagues, you're probably handicapping yourself there as well if you've got him. DiVincenzo, yeah, maybe. Holiday, yeah, probably. Lamb, probably. Yeah, 14 to 16 team league guys. Mitchell, hmm, pretty bad. They went with Trey Lyles again starting, and this, this is the Trey Lyles that I know and choose not to love. Four points in 20 minutes. And when I saw that they were starting him last game, that is why I tweeted it out and why I laughed to myself and went, are these guys serious? Are these blokes actually trying to start Trey Lyles? And then he went out, 
Made me look like a dickhead and scored 24 points. But as I did caution, it came on 90% two-point shooting, which has no way of being able to continue. And then he had four points in uh, 19 minutes and shot 20%. And Trey Lyles shows us who he is. And that is garbage. He was worth a stream for today because they were going to give him the start. He might play 25 tomorrow. So if you did add him, you've got to hold and just take advantage of that extra game. But as a long-term 12-team league guy, no thank you. I don't think that's going to be where we are. 25 points for Darren Fox in 37 minutes. I hope he's glad that he's putting up all these big numbers as they continue to lose. He had three assists and was bad from the line again. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's annoying me at the moment, so I'm just going to keep slandering him. It's not slander. It's me just telling you the stats. that He scored 25 and they lost again. That's not slander, is it? Brandon Ingram suffered a cut to the lip, but came back and had 33, 5, and 6 and shot 79%. That is huge. He was on the buy low show, I think. And since then, the buy low bump has... Uh, has worked. He's been great. Herbalife Jones. This is why we love him for categories. Two steals, three blocks. And then he brought the shooting back. 71% with 14 points and two threes. This is why he was a must roster on my show earlier today. Points leagues, 34 is great. He'd been trending down there. I don't think he's a must, but that's good. Valanchuna, 17 and 14. Better play the sound so I can take a breath. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. And then Christian James McCullum, only 17 points on 44% but nine assists and six rebounds. He was also on the sell high portion of the show, I think, because some of that shooting was going to drop. I think Jackson Hayes is must roster, 13, seven and four, 27 minutes, totally fine. And Najee Marshall, best game for the year, 17 points in 16 minutes. He has taken, thankfully, it's only taken 60 games to get here, but he has thankfully taken the minutes of Garrett Temple. 17 points there. I don't think we need to do anything about adding him, but it's good to know. Devontae Graham had three points on 17%. He is now 235th over the last two weeks since he's been benched, and you can bench him. No, you don't have to bench him. Just get him out of your roster. See you later. Get that garbage out of here! Ah, get that garbage out of here. Indeed. Let's go to the next game. The Utah Jazz took them overtime to get over the Houston Rockets, 131-127. They got there in the end. Oh, sorry, 132-127. I think, um, I think Rudy Gobert is back. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. We've seen a little bit of reduced production coming back from the calf issue, but 27 and 17 with two blocks on 86% is great. While the Don, Donovan Mitchell. He's gone. He's good. 37 points, 10 assists, four threes, and three steals. Now, we got some news about Mike Conley before the game that the Jazz are going to ramp his minutes up and he might start playing more back to backs. That's great. And this game. Before overtime, he looked bad. But the overall line is great. 15-4-8 with four steals and three threes. I think he shot 20% before overtime started. So really got some big, big shots in in overtime. That's great. Royce O'Neal, Basmati, had nine points on 100% with nine rebounds and four assists. Rankings would tell you, sure, he's a 12-team league guy. Upside or lack of it would tell me probably not. I just don't love what he does. But he's top 70 over the last two weeks, so I can't ignore that. Clarkson had 14 points in 25 minutes while Bogdanovich did his thing, and that scored, and nothing else. 18 points with five rebounds and four threes. Don't, please don't hold Hassan Whiteside. Why? The world. Like, what are we? What are we doing? Four points in 15 minutes. You don't have to hold Hassan Whiteside. I think. Well, not I think. I've been saying this for about a week now. I think you got to have Jalen Green on a 12-team roster. Played 47 minutes, had 27 points. There are going to be rough nights. 
There are going to be good ones. And this was a good one. Giggity. 69% shooting. Did those in the reverse order. 27 points with four threes, four assists, a steal, and a block. Should be on a roster. The Crucifix Christian Wood. 24 and 10, five assists, four steals, a block, and four triples. Huge game. Continues to be abysmally bad from the line, but big game nonetheless. And then... With Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, leaving early due to ankle soreness, and I reckon he might miss some time. KJ Martin, finally, all of those weeks of me putting him on the upside grabs on the waiver wire, finally it happened. 36 minutes, 20 points, four threes, a steal, and a block. Now, we said it would probably have to take a trade or an injury for Tate for it to happen. We got an injury, and it happened. If you're a deeper league, 16-team, 14-team, I'd consider it. Just even if you get a couple of games out of him, it's worth it. Cousin Kev came back. He played 40 minutes. He had 16 points and 12 assists. He had two steals and a block. So that's all good. Unfortunately, he's just going to keep killing your percentages. Three of eight from the line. Ugh. 43 from the field. Gross. This is why his rankings and his production overall is bad. But some good counting stats. Well, Gary Bird had 14 points with three threes. Not much else. And he is only a streamer because Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder were out. I know I've said this multiple times, but I'm going to say it again. The delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun. Get that garbage out of here! He had five points, all of them from the line, five of six. Missed all six of his field goals. He can have big games. But until Christian Wood gets hurt, or if Christian Wood gets hurt, he's not a 12-team league player. It's as simple as that. It's been as simple as that for a while, I think. And I know he's still rostered in a lot of leagues, and I don't think he should be. You can hold him. I wouldn't be. Let's go to the next game. Miami. They go down to the Milwaukee Bucks, 120 to 119. Let's start with General Saunas. Because he's my butler. Um, yeah, look, he's really bad at the moment, isn't he, Jim Butler? He is not playing well. At least he got 35 minutes, but six points, 14% shooting. Two blocks is nice, but only two assists. This is really rough from Jimmy. He's outside the top 120 over the last two weeks. Now... Under nearly every other circumstance, you'd go, well, that's an obvious buy low, isn't it? And yes, it is. But if you take on general soreness, you're taking on sore toe, sore ankle, bung hamstring, shoulder, something going to happen to him. You always feel like something's going to happen. So while I would suggest buying low on him, that's not by sending a top 50 player. That's by looking at his manager who's going, what is wrong with this bloke and just wants to get rid of him. And that might happen. It is very, very unlikely that you get an appropriate buy low on Jimmy Butler because his per game production will be much better than this as we move forward. But the fear that I have is that the reason he's performing this poorly is because he's hurt and he's going to say, I need some games off. And in the middle of your playoffs, he's going to play a one game week. And I think they've, only, they've got a two game week in some leagues playoffs anyway. And that's going to dick you over hard. So while it is a buy low, it's got to be like a deal of the century sort of situation for me to get it. Hey, can I have him for Kevin Porter? Sure. Can I have him for Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony maybe? Sure. I'd take that and take that risk on because you haven't invested, maybe not even, maybe just Suggs because oh, you haven't invested much in him. If you're giving up a top 50 in the hopes that he's top 15 again, but then he plays 60% of the games in the playoffs, I don't think I'd be doing that. Gabe Vincent, 21 points, six assists, five threes, two steals. As long as Kyle Lowry is out, we're rostering him. And then Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yeah. Um, 30 points, six triples, five assists, another 50 plus percent shooting night. 
there is a big sell high going on here because he's shot 50%, I think, for three or four straight games. And he will have a stretch where he shoots 43%. And then the 20, 30 points goes down to 19 points. And he hurts you in that category. So just see what you can get out of that. Adebayo wasn't his best, 18 and 12 with uh, two steals. I think oh, Duncan Robinson, 15 points there, and Caleb Martin, 12, 7, and 3. Good game from Caleb. And he's like an interesting 14-team league option at the moment. Barely, but yeah. For the Bucks, there's not much to talk about. Drew Holiday had the game winner, 25, 6, and 11 with two steals. Giannis had 28, 17, and 5 with two steals and a block, and 9 of 11 from the line. Are the free throws fixed for Giannis? Feels like it. 26 for Middleton, and Punchbob had 15 and 7 with two steals and two blocks. In fact, Bobby Portis had a Richie Benner. Two for two, two, two. Grayson Allen should not be gracing our 12-team league rosters. Nine and seven in 24. And then their bench is just, it's actually garbage for fantasy. Wes Matthews had five points in 28. Ibaka had four points in 19. Nwora played five minutes. There is nothing that excites me at all on that bench. Not a single bloody thing. The next game, the Thunder. 119 on the road with eight players out. Beat the Nuggets. 107. Mark Dagnott, aside from mispronouncing his name, is a really, really good coach. I talked about this on the pregame show today, saying the Thunder just continually cover the spread. They're like 12 or 13-point underdogs here. Not only do they cover, but they win by 12. That is gigantic. Been talking a little bit about the ascension of Isaiah Roby as well. 34 minutes, 26 and 7, 4 triples, 5 assists, 2 steals and 2 blocks. And that is a masterful fantasy line. Is he a 12-team ad? Sure. Grab him. Let's do it. Let's see. What, look, I thought he was an ad at the start of this week because of the four-game schedule. Add him. Shea had 29-7-5. and five. Great game. Pokishevsky. As long as Aaron Wiggins is out, I'm adding him. 9-11, two steals and two blocks. This might only be short-term, but I don't know how long Wiggins is out. Now, remember, no Jerome, no Kenrich Williams, no Dort, no Wiggins, no Favors, no Mascala, no Giddy. Robinson Earl's out for a long time. I think Williams will miss some more time. Giddy's going to miss time. Muscala, I don't think he's playing. Favors is not an every night guy. The ones we look at there is when is Dort coming back and is Kendrick Williams going to play or not? I think Wiggins is going to miss more time. So Roby and Poku, they're ads. It was a good defensive night from Baisley who had three steals and eight boards. I think he's still more of a 14-team league guy. But if we're looking at these guys like Roby and Poku and Baisley, do they have longer-term value? Probably not. Although I can see it with Roby. I can see him having value for a while here. Trey Mann, he had those two big games and everyone ready to froth him. 13 and 6 isn't terrible, but two assists, 46% shooting. It's not bad, and he probably should be on a 12-team roster. I just don't love the overall value in what he brings. I don't love it. I think he's okay. The Salt Flake, Phil Maladon, he had nine points in 18 minutes, while Vic Krejci played 21, and Olivier Saar had six points in 14. And just because I would probably never mention him again, Lindy Waters, six points in 19 minutes. That is who their bench was. Lindy Waters, Olivier Saar, Teo Maladon, and Vic Krejci. And they beat the Nuggets. Hmm. Nikola Jokic had 22 and 16, not his best night. Still pretty good fantasy numbers, but not his best. Well, the big stiff, he played 22 minutes, Bones Highland, 19 points with five threes and four assists. Shot 75%. We'd love to see this every night. I just don't think we will. But it was good. Bryn Forbes had 18 with five threes. If you're in desperation mode, you need some threes and some points. Forbes has some appeal. He's playing okay here. Boogie had six points in 15 minutes. Boogie was one of the most added players, I think, in fantasy leagues, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Six, seven, four is all right. 
Not a great night from Will Barton. He shot a robust 10%. Still had 6, 7, and 5. And I would hold on to him in 12s. And then it was rough. Shit night from Aaron Gordon. Nine points. Still a hold. He's not a good fantasy player. Jeff Green has no business being rostered in 14-team leagues. Jermichael Green grabbed 10 boards. And Monty Morris had four points with four assists. He also had three steals. Um, 22%. Now, Morris was playing really well. But that was always a sell high. I'm not dropping him after this. But he is very much a borderline player. He's not a must-roster 10-teamer, and he's on the border for 12. And this was just a bad night. It was just a bad night for the team in general. That's pretty poor to lose to the Thunder, even when the Thunder are as... Or especially when the Thunder are as absolutely ass-banged up as they were. Really poor from Denver, but a fantastic win from Oklahoma City to get that one in the bag on the road with so many guys out. So let's talk about the last game of the night. Absolute ass-kicking by the Suns, even without Booker and Paul. They beat the Blazers 120 to 190. That is just... Look, again, with all those... I know I know the Blazers have very few good players, but that's a big win. Let's talk about Portland. I thought Drew Eubanks was impressive. He played 18 minutes and had 13 and 8. Trenton Watford also did well. 13, 7, and 6. Now, a lot of Watford's damage came in the fourth quarter when it was all garbage time. But it's worth noting... I think Eubanks, even though he's on a 10-day, is worth at least a 12-team stream. Watford's more of a watch guy. Only 28 minutes for Simons, 11 points, three threes, six assists. Blowouts are going to hurt him. It's going to hurt Josh Hart as well, who only played 23 minutes and had 10-4-4, and they both shot poorly. Again, they were playing at really high levels. They're not quite that good, and there's going to be inefficiency issues when they're pushed into roles that they're probably not quite suited for. Not dropping them or anything, but just need to watch that. Elijah Hughes got a spot start. He ended his night early with a thumb sprain. He had three points on 13%, so he's obviously not an option. When Keon Johnson moved back to the bench and he didn't do too much in that role, in fact, scoring zero points on 0 of 6 shooting. Both of those guys struggled. Benny McLemore had eight points. Brandon Williams scored 14, but he had to end his night early after 15 minutes. And Allaby had 10 and 4 with a steal on a block. Honestly, look, Simons and Hardy are 12-team league guys. Winslow is a soft hold. We just don't know when he's going to return. And Eubanks is maybe an ad, and Watford's a guy to watch. That's probably where it ends. For the Suns, no Booker, no Paul. Campaign returned. He started. He played only 20 minutes as, he re- as he's returning from that wrist injury. Only five points on eight shots is bad. But eight assists, two steals, and a block is good. I would be adding Cameron Payne in 12-team leagues. They moved Cameron Johnson to the bench. He still had 20 points. I guess... In the 24 minutes, it is a blowout. And he's a, he shot 75%, which is not real, and only took eight shots. He has struggled for most of the season to be a consistent 12-team league guy when he'd come off the bench. We hold him for now, and we see what happens. But a 12-team league guy now. And, amazingly, so is Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 15, 5, and 4 with five steals for Crowder. McGee was also great with four blocks, and Aiton had 18 and 8. Bridges had 15 points. And the other guy that's worth mentioning here is Aaron Holiday, who played 28 minutes and had nine assists, nine points on nine shots too. But he was part of the garbage time unit. And when Cameron Payne's playing 28 minutes and Devin Booker's back, Holiday is going to play a very, very small role. I would not add Aaron Holiday in 12 or even in 14 team leagues. There's better options out there than those guys. Landry Shamit's not one of those options. He played 23 minutes replacing Devin Booker, had 12 points with two threes, but he is not... A very good... He's think of Lonnie Walker, but somehow worse. That's what Landry Shamit is as a fantasy option. 
Let's look at the lines of the night now. Your monstrous line of the night goes to Terry Rozier. The waiver wire is Isaiah Roby. Young gun is Jalen Green. And your dud of the night is Ivan Fournier. Top performers today for nine category leagues. Number one is Terry Rozier. Then Rudy Gobert, Malcolm Brogdon, Drew Holiday, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Tyler Hero, Isaiah Roby, Jalen Green, and James Harden. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Roby at number one. Yep, yeah, look, he's worth, a, he's worth a shot. Vincent, good streamer. The big stiffy Bones Highland, not really. KJ Martin, maybe. Let's watch for updates on Tate, but maybe. Definitely in like 16s, maybe 14s. Pokyshevsky, don't hate a 12-team ad. And I just realized that this is something that is pretty uniquely Australian, is that often, and I've and I've seen this comedy, I think it was by Kyle Barron um, in the past, is that when we're asked questions about something, we'll often tell you what it isn't. So if I say, I don't hate it, it means I like it. How you going? I'm not bad. It means good. How much did it cost? Oh, I wasn't cheap. It means it cost a lot of money. I didn't realize that's something we did until like someone something triggered. I watched. I was reading a Reddit post, and it triggered my memory on that Carl Barron skit as people were putting those things in. So when I say, "Yeah, I don't hate it," it means I actually like it. Therefore, if you guys were trying to interpret some of my bullshit Australian uh, Australianisms, there you go. I don't hate Alexei Pokyshevsky is a twelve-team league guy. Caleb Martin, I wouldn't add. JaVale McGee is just a stream option. Bryn Forbes is a threes option. Markel Fultz, I've, my thoughts are pretty well detailed on him. And DeMarcus Cousins is not a 12-team league player. For points leagues, top 10 players today. We've got Brogdon, Antetokounmpo, Christian Wood, Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rogier, Rudy Gobert, Isaiah Roby, Joel Embiid, Drew Holiday, and James Harden. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app for here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments below. That'll do it from me and from Obi. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.